Alright, we are going to be doing a Bible study about um, finding life's definite aim. We're going to look into the scriptures about God's plan for our life, His unique will, and the specific um, direction that God has for us. And we're going to be looking at setting targets and um, understanding goal setting in the Bible. Um, how, who here has studied about um, what the scripture says about... Um, setting goals and goal settings um, in the scriptures before the last month. No one? You have? Okay, great. I'm glad we... um, This is a life-changing subject and the Bible has a lot to say about it. So we're going to delve right in. If you go over to Messenger, the um, AOI family chat, there's the Google Docs study on setting goals. We're going to be looking over that for today. It's in the um, chat, you say? Yep, it's in the chat. Study on setting goals. First of all, let's look at four reasons why people don't set goals. They don't have them. Is number one, many people don't see the value of setting goals yet. Right. That was me for many years. I didn't see what was the point. I think everybody starts out like that. Yep. <laughs> Number two, they do not know how to set goals. They have no formula. They have no steps. They have no training. That was me. I mean, I realized, yeah, goals are important, but I didn't know how to set them. And I was, I'd look at something that I want in life, or I see something that, like, God, God has promised, and I'm like, yeah, I want that. But I didn't know how, what were the steps to take where I am now to become where I wanted to be. So that paralyzed me. And then when you're doing Bible studies with people, you notice that they're going through that same thing. Yes. And I just want to say, too, I don't want this to be very interactive because I have oh. a lot of material that I need to go okay, through. Be quiet. And I'm trying to give <laughs> you the tools before we go. And we're already okay. 10 minutes late. All right. And it's already a short class. Sorry. No, that's okay. You didn't know. Number three is because of fear. It's it, it involved, There's risk involved when you say that I'm going to do this, and then there's a fear of failure. Mm-hmm. We're like, well, why set a goal? Because what if I fail? And what that means. And that paralyzes people. That was me. When I heard that, I was like, that's me. That has my name all over it. I was afraid of failing. I was afraid of setting artificial deadlines because I didn't know the balance. Like, well, what's the balance between, like, um, setting out to do something and then it not working the way that you wanted? And then, like, what does that mean? Does it mean, like, I can never accomplish that? And then I try things and then fail, and then it makes me wonder, wow, can I, can I really move forward? So I didn't do it. And then number four is they have a limiting belief. If you don't think you're able to do these things, then, then you'll do things that were contrary to God's plan for your life. Christ Object Lesson says many people accomplish little because they attempt little. That's what's holding us back. So we can see 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 17-18. Can I get a volunteer to read this for us? Yeah. Thank you, Tina. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not on the things which are seen, but on the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Wow. 
So in setting goals is the first step of taking things that are not seen and turning them into a reality. Without a goal, you wouldn't even know what to pray for. Every prayer request, like all of these different goals, these become your prayer journal. This is your, your prayer time where you're like, okay, now I get to be, I have so much abundant things to pray to God about is seeking direction and guidance and understanding, hey, if this is your will, open doors need to be open, closed doors need to be closed, help me to walk through where you'd have me to walk through. But a lot of times we just pray, we're like, Lord, let your will be done, and then we're just super confused, we don't do anything, and we're just like, oh. And we think we're waiting on God, but could it be possible God is waiting on, on you? When I realize I'm like, whoa, we, we are co-labors together with God. Book Education 262. Who would like to read this? Megan. All right, thank you, sister. Success in any line demands a definite aim. Any line. I'll submit to you that setting a goal is like setting a target. It gives you something to aim for. And it, a goal is like your bullseye. That is, you know, like you press towards the mark of your high calling. That is, um, so as we're looking at definite aim, like in your mind, they could be synonymous concepts. Because if you're aiming for something, that's by definition what a goal is. So we, in order to be successful in any line, in cooking, in character development, in family, in finances, in ministry, in, um, under, in Bible knowledge and education, we need goals. It's the foundation of human life and growth. Yes? Now, finish this sentence. An aimless life is a living what? Death. Death. We, we've heard, heard that a lot. That's uh, powerful. The question is, dear youth, what is the aim and purpose of your life? What is your definite aim? Your... Um, uh, I like this statement. It says, Are you ambitious for education that you may have a name and position in the world? Have you thoughts that you dare not express that you one day, that you may one day stand upon the summit of intellectual greatness? That you may sit in deliberate and legislative councils and help to enact laws for the nation? There is nothing wrong with these aspirations. Goals are connected with aspirations. You may, every one of you, make your mark. Many of us here are sitting in this room saying, I, nope, that's, that is not my aspiration. That's not my goal. It says, you should be content with no mean attainment. Aim how? High. Aim how? High. Aim low. Swing low, swing chariot. No. It's aim high and spare no what? Pains. Pains to reach the standard. God wants us to be standard bearers. And we may feel pain from failure. Yes. Spare not. So I would encourage people, if you have a question, that would be good. I noticed Tina did this. Just write it down, and then we can, we can cover that too. Um, I'll be working with you guys individually to um, to help answer questions too just for the time's sake of class I'm going to try and get through as much as I can 
Oh, there's this quote, messages, young people, 242, let me tell you something powerful. Who wants to read this? Uh, Carmen, could you read it? Can you, and can you read it loud? <clears throat> there is much sterling truth in the adage, every man is the architect of his own fortune. While parents are responsible for the stamp of character as well as for the education and training of their sons and daughters, it is still true that our position and usefulness in the world depend to a great degree upon our own course of action. Thank you. Every man is the architect of his own fortune or his own future. Your position and usefulness in this world, to a great degree, depends on your own course of action. You know, in five years from now, you're going to arrive. The question is where? If you keep your present habits and your present pace, you, um, the direction that you're on right now, where are you going to be five years from now? In five years... There's a, pro- there's a probability you will either arrive at a well-designed destination or an undesigned destination. I promise you, friends, five years from now, you really don't want to arrive at an undesigned destination. Because that destination could be anything. <laughs> and many times it's not what you want. Mm-hmm. It's not what God wanted for you. Because... You very well may end up living where you don't want to live, doing what you don't want to do, simply because you didn't design a better destination. Your end goal, your aim, your destination has much to do with your life, especially as a youth. God is a designer. Think about it. He designs our bodies. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We design things all the time. Why not design our life? You can design your life. You can choose by your own course of action. You can be an architect of your future. And it's a matter of every day surrendering our plans and our will to God's will. And one way we do that is God expresses His will through His Word. So we study the Word of God to know how what character we should develop. We study God's word to know what occupation God, God, um, God approves of. And we have choices. We have options that we can choose where we live, who we work with, where we are. Like if, if you don't like your job, if you don't like where you're working, you have the choice to leave. Opportunities come and go, but you choose which opportunities you accept. And it would change your course, your direction forever. So, it's just, I encourage people to design and decide where you want to be. You need to decide who you want to become. Mm -hmm. And identify who does God want you to become. Set your marks high. Because without a vision, the people perish. Hmm... looking um, Christ object lessons I'm actually going to put this up there and the introduction 
COL 330, it says, God will only accept those who are determined to aim high. That's at the beginning. Um, do you guys want to be accepted by God? Mm-hmm. Does he want us to aim low? Mm-hmm. What kind of goals does he want us to have? High High and lofty ones. Because God is high and lofty. And he wants us to develop a Christ-like character. Alright, I'm just, I'm scrolling through, trying to see what I want to share. You know, there's a lot here, but um, I'm on page five. Mm. Whoa. This is all aimless. (laughs) There's a quote from Mind, Character, Personality, volume one, page 344. It says, Few evils are more to be dreaded than indolence and aimlessness. It says aimlessness is evil, or is an evil we should dread. So, here's what we're going to do. As the army of youth, we are going to war against aimlessness. We envision a world where every young person knows their unique gifts, have dedicated to the Lord's service, and understands their true purpose in life and is actually doing it. We are waging a warfare against living an aimless life. Mm-hmm. We're giving hope to the hopeless. Mm-hmm. Our goal here, everything we do with the army of youth as we're collaborating together, even if when we're in the trenches and we're looking at scheduling content or we're doing some mundane thing or we're creating a worksheet or something that of itself is not glorious or feel very good, everything we're doing is making war against young people not knowing their purpose and being outside of God's will. That's why we're here. That's what pushes us through to um, to do this. Okay, so step number one. What do we need to do? We are on page... Well, let me... Where it says, without a vision, the people perish? Actually, we're on page seven. Step number, oh no, not the purple pen. Doesn't work. Step number one? Uh, I have, uh, yeah, step number one, page seven. Oh, you guys aren't on there. Yeah, you got it, step number one. I'm glad I numbered those. Hey, I need a pen behind you. Oh, it's way down there now. It's a lot harder to reach. Let me grab this brown one. Mm, I don't know if I like that. Okay, step number one. Who would like to read that to us? Uh, the, the big one? Uh, or the little one? I don't know what you're talking about. The big one. Is it the biggest? Go big or go home, right? Determine exactly, determine exactly what God wants for you in all seven areas of your life. Hmm. What does that mean? What are the seven areas? Exactly what God wants for you in all seven areas of your life. That brown pen looks good. So there are seven main areas of our life that... No, this is good. Thank you. The seven main areas that God... That, that like our lives can be kind of comprised of that fit pretty comprehensively. And those seven areas, we have a, a worksheet... That is called Life's Definite Aim. 
And when you see that life's definite aim, it says that there are education goals. These are learning things, things you need to understand. That might be Bible knowledge. That might be knowledge on um, a skill or knowledge on a hobby, knowledge on a, um, yeah, like a skill like canvassing, like persuasion, like enthusiasm skill on communication skill on time management skill on um, cooking. It's a talent worth 10 skill, like these different things that we, we can create. I encourage you to create an individualized, personalized curriculum. Sure, we're going to be having classes here, but be intentional with your devotions and choose what you're going to learn that will help you to advance along the heavenward journey to be like Christ. That's our ultimate goal. So this is really gifts. No, th these aren't gifts. These are educational goals. Things that you need to learn. Not just things you're curious about, but things that you need to learn to, or they could be things you're curious about, but things that, that um, will help you to become who God wants you to be. So that's education goals. Number two is family goals. And uh, that could be your family at home. That could be a family here because, you know, things that we do together, like family worship, having consistent family worship could be a family goal. Um, you know, like family outings, family experiences, things that help unite people together. Uh, Appreciating. Yes. I, I have on here spiritual goals, but I'm going to change that to ministry goals. Because I found spiritual goals is kind of like connected with with spiritual, I mean, education, devotions, and, you know, social evangelism, character, that's thoughts and feelings. So, so instead of spiritual, you cross that out, put ministry. Ministry goals, what are some personal ministry goals that you have? Maybe it's going live, maybe it's recording, uh, your videos recording, you know, Bible studies, maybe it's writing things, maybe it's working with a ministry that we're all working with, the Army of Youth. It could be something along those lines. Um, Social goals. Social goals are, you know, overcoming satanic shyness. That would be characteristic, but social would be maybe something you want to do. It might be talking to three person, three new people a day. That could be a goal so that you can learn just how to communicate with people. It could be um, social, um, you know, talking to strangers. It might be... Um, it might even be posting on social media once a week, or once a day, or ten times a day, or whatever that looks like. Um, health goals, you know, like daily exercise, going to bed early. Right now, you can all write down on your health goals to go to bed early, wake up early, because that is our challenge for the month of December, and the rest of November, we get to do it for a little longer than a month. You guys ready to be early risers? Yes. Okay. Sounds good. Financial goals. That can include your net worth. Um, that's how much you have in your savings. That could be how much you're earning, your income goals. That could be paying off um, your vehicle. That could be purchasing a vehicle. That could be, um, you know, just having enough residual passive income that helps you to cover whatever expenses you have, whether it's a phone bill, insurance, maybe... Like, as a missionary, it's nice because we, we keep ourselves out of debt and we keep our expenses low so that we can um, 
be free to do the Lord's work. Um, and my goal is to help you to reach, um, to be able to earn the income that allows you the freedom of your time. As you know, like I, I really believe in passive income, residual income, and that has allowed us um, as gospel workers to be self-supporting and to travel and not have to trade a lot of our time for money and to be able to do evangelism and still having um, a business that's able to support the Lord's work through our, our health food, our online health food store. But I want to put together, like my financial goal is to put together a corporate program so that people can help uh, spread the, the publications that we're doing, subscription programs, so that you can receive residual income too. So different examples like that. And then character goals. These are thoughts and feelings. Maybe I've got issues of complaining. I am so ungrateful and I need to study the opposite traits of character. Lord, help me to be grateful, thankful, pray, like appreciation. I, I remember I was very uncheerful and I was just showing ingratitude when I was really grateful, but I wasn't expressing that. So I, my character goal for 2017 was like, show, Lord, teach me cheerfulness. I need help because I don't want to hurt the people around me. Um, you know, maybe it's impatience. Maybe it's sensitivity. Maybe my character goal is courage because I need to speak and share my true convictions. People are, are making plans for me and I feel like I can't speak up. I can't communicate what God has called me to do if it's contrary. So I need courage. I'm glad that wasn't a 50, 50 minute mark. Um, so what you need, what you want to do, is identify, determine exactly what God wants for you in all seven areas of your life. And I'm going to teach you a framework, a step by step way that you can take this which is imaginary, which is a things not seen, this is the invisible things right now, and turn it into a reality. The Bible actually gives us the steps. Step number two. You guys ready for these steps? Stepping stones. Yeah. Oh. Nope. Even more than that. Um, step number two. Who would like to read step number two? Sounds simple. And happy you guys are already halfway there. Good job. So, writing down each goal. And I'm telling you, so many people skip this. They leave this stuff floating around in their mind, and they feel like they're drowning inside. They're so overwhelmed, so stressed, so indecisive. So then when opportunity comes their way, they're paralyzed. They can't take it because it's all in their mind. And our mind is not able to handle all of this stuff. Mm. That's not how our, our frontal lobe, our conscious mind, is designed. We need to visually see this stuff. Do a brain dump. And here you've got this beautiful... Um, Dumping ground? Yeah. This, you've got this beautiful blueprints, this worksheet that you could just identify. Life's definite name. And keep in mind, you don't need five points. You can have two. You can have seven. I mean, it's... Whatever, 
whatever you do. And you don't need to do it all at once. As life continues, you can add to it. And what we're going to do is we're going to try to figure out how often should we review this. Should it be a weekly review? Should it be a monthly review? To adjust, to see if our life decisions and daily actions are actually moving in that direction that we said that we like God showed us he, he, he wants for us? Or is there time to readjust? Because sometimes like our plans are not God's plans. Our plans fail that God's may succeed in our life. So, um, it, But it's still important to be able to to have that conversation with the Lord. And this is, when you write it down, you're able to find out the steps to do that. Um, so let's give you Bible for this. Turn with me to Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. If you want to scroll down, it's the next verse. When God gives you a vision, what should you do with it? Clean upon tables. That's right, brother. Write the vision, make it plain upon tables. Tables. <laughs> yeah, she's looking at a, a, a t-chart and tables of pros and cons. <laughs> and, and I'm looking at a battle board that's, that's six feet long. <laughs> and, and mom's looking at this page that's life's definite name. So the thing is, when you have a vision, you got to write it. you got to make it plain yeah. upon tables mm. and publish it, declare well, it to other that's people. That's true. I've never... That's what God does. What does God do when He reveals His plans? Amos three seven. Who wants to read this? Surely the Lord God will do nothing but He revealeth His secrets unto the servant, unto His servant, the prophet. God does nothing Himself without revealing His plans, His secrets, His prophecies to His servants, the prophets. And what do his prophets do? What do the prophets do with the visions God reveals to them? Shares them with people. Isaiah 30, verse 8. Who wants to read this? Now go, write it before them in a table, and note it in a book, that it may be for the time to come forever and ever. Amen. And holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. It definitely doesn't mean a literal table. That just means some sort of like... Well, the table... Like, God wrote the Ten Commandments on tables of stone. Uh, so, table is what they use for writing things. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't like a mesa type of table that you hold your laptop on. But, it's good. And that was before the printing pages. Yeah. And, yeah, that was, that was like scribe language. That was before the Gutenberg press. And that's the thing. Like, yeah, it's not a literal table. Like, even though they're writing in tables, we would write in a book. But that was before the printing press. Printing press came, so then now we could write in binders. And But hey, the internet came. We could write on Google Doc. Tina's like taking notes away. And um, so that's good. I mean, it's just the principles are permanent. The techniques are temporary. But the principle here is when you know the vision, you're not going to perish. You're less likely to perish. And when you write it, you got to write it down somewhere. And that, that becomes your prayer list. That becomes your prayer life. That becomes your conversation with God. That becomes your decision-making um, things. When, when you have a, when you, when God's directing you to um, to start a publishing house or to work um, as a gospel worker, when you have the opportunity to be a blackjack dealer at the local casino, you can say no. That's not God's will for my life. But if you don't have a definite name, 
it's easy to get distracted when quote unquote opportunities come up for you. So that's something to keep in mind. Reason why a lot of times we're perplexed. The studies have been shown um, by Harvard that only three percent of adults have written goals, and everyone else works for them. What? <laughs> no, seriously, I can show you the studies. The ninety-seven percent works for those two percent. Yep. Makes sense. Yeah, the, what the study was actually showing. Um, or, or another way you could say it is only 3% of adults have written goals. Everyone else plans on writing them down someday. Just procrastinating. But the thing is, the study showed in Harvard, there was like this class of people. They found out who were all the people who wrote down goals. And then they had like an alumni. I think it was like a 10-year span. Don't quote me on the time. But um, I did read the, the study. And then... They came back and it's like alumni, they test, they, they surveyed all the same people. The people who had written goals had like astronomically different income uh, results. They were making a much larger impact in the world. They had more fulfillment in life and more meaning. And then the 97% that didn't write down their goals, they were far lower achievers. They, they didn't, um, it was a lot harder. They were just kind of... Yeah, an aimless life is a living death. They were living the death. Um, and that's the difference between being proactive and being reactive. We don't want to just react to life and whatever floats, or like just float along in life and just react to whatever comes our way. We want to be proactive and intentional. When you, when you add intentionality to your life, your life, everything changes. You're able to be proactive. You're able to maintain meaningful relationships. You're able to not just meet, but exceed the goals that you set, the impact that you have on the world, the, the work that you do for the Lord, the souls that are impacted for eternity will increase the more intentionality that we put into our labors, our thoughts, our efforts, our education, these seven areas of our life. God and God is weighing the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's what Hebrews 4.12 says. Oh, here, Christ Object Lessons is at the bottom of, of step three. Christ Object Lessons 344. Who would like to read that? It says by Tat. Uh, by Tat? Yes. It's at the very bottom of oh. step three. By tact and method, some will accomplish as much in five hours as others do in ten. I'm sorry, I messed up. I skipped number three. Oh. Can you read uh, number three for us Set also? Artificial deadlines. <laughs> yep, set artificial deadlines. Who here has seen the value of setting artificial deadlines? That's good. That was powerful, life-changing too. I mean, God himself used time prophecies. When he revealed his plans, his secrets to the servants of prophets, he gave them deadlines. He said 2,300 days. 70 weeks are determined upon your people. Look, I'm going to do this, and the deadline is 70 weeks plus probation. And Michael's going to stand up. 
That's true. Yeah, but... You just didn't prolong. No. He didn't. But actually, um, like the 1260, it was cut short for righteousness sake. Yeah. God exceeded his deadline mm. um, for God's people. So you see these prophecies... If we study how Christ works, it will help us to understand how we are to work here on earth, how we can be like Christ in his labors. You know what? Oh, this is powerful. Go to Daniel 8.13. You guys want to know another name of Jesus? Daniel 8.13. Who would like to read this for us? Speaking of 23 days. I can read it. Thank you. Then I heard one saint speaking and another saint said unto that certain saint which spake, How long shall be the vision concerning the daily sacrifice and the transgression of desolation to give both the sanctuary and the host to be trodden underfoot? All right. Did you catch it? Did, did you see that? What does the margin say for a certain saint? That certain saint is Jesus. What, what did you say, brother? It says Pamoni. Pamoni? Uh-huh. Or the number of secrets. The number of secrets. Or the wonderful number. Mm-hmm. So oh. <laughs> another name for Jesus, he's the number of secrets. And surely the Lord God does nothing, but he reveals his secrets to the servants of prophets. And what do prophets do? They prophesy. So, the secret is prophecy. These are time prophecies. Jesus is the number of secrets, or these deadlines, or these prophecies. He is the wonderful numberer. Not only does he do it, but that's his character, that's his name. So just keep that in mind. Um... No wonder it says in Christ's Object Lessons 3.34. Would you like to read the one that was just above in, um, where it says Jesus came right, or, do you guys, does someone, Decide? Yes. Go ahead, Tina. Decide how long a time is required for a given task, and then bend every effort toward accomplishing the work in the given time. The exercise of the will power will make the hands more move deftly. And deftly is like definitively, it's like um, specifically. So we got to decide. We got to create artificial deadlines for accomplishing these things. These, uh, yeah, these goals that we're writing, they need deadlines. And we're just going through the steps. And it'll be powerful because that's what helps. Like when we're saying, clean up the, the living room by. By Friday, we accomplish it. Get the truck back by 10 a.m. We, we emptied it, we moved, and, and if we didn't have that deadline, we would have been like a little slower, mm-hmm. maybe a little further on the back burner, but it helped us, it made our hands move deftly. Mm-hmm. We were able to accomplish in five hours what would have taken us 10 hours to do. Oh, definitely. Yes, Mom? <laughs> definitely means neatly, skillful, and quick in one movement. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. People overestimate what they can accomplish in one year and largely underestimate what they can accomplish in 10 years. So some of these things, they require patience. Galatians 6, 9, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. But here, here's the fear of failure. All right, 
With the thing about deadlines, the reason why people don't set these is they're afraid of failing them. So what happens if you make a deadline and you fail? You go past it. But you're still, you've still accomplished like a lot. Set another one. Set another one! Yeah. Exactly. Who cares if you didn't get it? And yes, like you said, that's the whole concept of a stretch goal is you, like, whatever your goal is, times it by 10. And in, like, less time. And when you do a 10 times your goal, it forces your brain to think in innovative ways. Whatever you were planning on doing to accomplish that goal, when you 10 exit, you're now thinking, wow, I have to consider something different in order to accomplish this. And when, it, when you change your mentality, it stretches you to do more, to accomplish in five hours what would have taken you 10. And even if you don't reach the goal, for you, many people accomplish little because they attempt little. If you attempt much and you still don't reach what you set out to do, chances are there's a high chance you're going to accomplish more than if you never stretch yourself. It'd be so much better to fail at trying to accomplish something big than fail at not, or like in small things that you're not even setting out to do, and then you have all these little failures. Um, so yeah, setting artificial deadlines, that's good. Um, there's much that can be said there, but we won't go into detail. we got five, five minutes. Lightning round, you guys ready? Mm-hmm. Step number four, create an action plan. What does that mean? Um, an action plan. Actionable steps that you can follow? Yes. You're basically... Um, you're, you are working backwards to identify the requirements by setting these intermediate stepping stone goals. Yeah. This is your action plan. Um, these stepping stone goals through here. So I just want to show you, you got another worksheet. This is very helpful. There's seven different stepping stones here. And if you turn over your life step and a name on the back of that sheet, you'll see the goal, and then there's an underline and stepping stones to reach that. This is your action plan. This is um, you reverse engineering what needs to be accomplished in order to turn this into this invisible thing into a reality and um, there's seven stepping stones to do that and here's the thing every goal you fill out one of these sheets for yes so this isn't your life direction this is one goal one sheet one stepping stone sheet that's why there's one underscore you would write that the name of that goal or some identification of that goal Right there. Okay. Yes. And so some of the, the things... I'm not going to do it in three minutes. Um, well, we, we can go more into detail. And I want to work with you guys one by one on this, too. But step number five... Let's just get them on the board. Okay. Step number five is organize... Who would like to read this for me? Five. Yeah. like way down there? Yes. Okay. Oh. Organize oh. your checklist by priority, then sequence. Oh, you're right. 
I need something to erase with. Thank you. Organize your checklist by priority and sequence. What's the difference between priority and sequence? Um, like what you should start with, and then maybe what would come after, and like the order of it. Yeah, sequence. you got it. What's priority? Well, you're close. What's priority? Priority is something that's like of the essence. That's like first. That's yeah. level of... Which is first? No, that's level of importance. Mm -hmm. And sequence is the order that you do it. First, second, third, fourth. Six is what? Schedule your action plan. That's what we're going to do in the next session. Schedule your action plan. And then there's something in parentheses. What's that say? Schedule step stepping stones in your calendar. Yes. Just another watchword to describe the same activity. Because here's the thing. Write this down. What gets scheduled gets done. Mm -hmm. If it's not scheduled, you say you have goals, Where I want to see it in your calendar. If it's not in your calendar, then it's a, you, it's a dream, not a goal. And then the seventh and final step Self-examination review system. You need a system for self-examination. Paul said, examine, um, examine your own self. See whether you be in the faith. Review system. Thank you. Which is what we do every... See, this is why... We have to prioritize our daily account book because our account book helps us to take account, see, are we in harmony with where we said we were going? And if we're not, we need to communicate these needs with other people. We need to communicate with, with each other what we're doing, where we're going, and why. This is huge. Uh, so. And then, like, a bonus one is, is what? Enroll your faculty... What does that mean? Um, you create clear, vivid, excite, exciting, emotional pictures of your goals as if they were already your a reality. Okay, well that's interesting. Sure. So how how can you put it in our terminology? Mm. Basically, you're it's, imagining the end from the beginning. Yeah, God declares the end mm. from the beginning. Mm. That's Isaiah 40, 46, verse 9 and 10. Um, it's basically realizing, this is your why. This is why you don't quit. Deter Step number one, look at number one, think about it often, imagine. Like, we are to spend a thoughtful hour on the life of Christ, especially imagining vividly his closing scenes of his life. It's enrolling your faculty, you're seeing, like, our, our goal, our definite aim, is to be... Christ-like to develop his character, so we have to see, we have to imagine his character in his closing scenes, 
and that helps us to motivate us when we go through these petty challenges and difficulties day by day. They, they fall meaningless as they really are at the magnitude of that definite aim. So we're going to close here because we're out of time. But these are the eight steps. Did, it, did anybody learn something today? Yes. Praise the Lord. And I, I implore you, we're likely not going to go over this again uh, soon. So if, if this is meaningful for you, and if you want to see this stuff happen, I encourage you to go through this Google Doc on your own time, in your devotions, however you want to do that. And then study it, be aware of it, think about it in your mind, and, and, and fortify your mind with these Bible truths and quotes. And let it encourage you and motivate you along this journey. But we, my goal is to help you to have a definite aim and be actually walking towards that. That's what this whole army is, is organized for. This is our vision to help every young person identify their unique talents and dedicate to the Lord's service. And we will not stop till every young person knows their true purpose and is actually doing it. If that's your desire, then let's close it with a word of prayer. Who would like to pray for us? Don't all volunteer at once. All right, thank you. Dear Lord, thank you for this class and for all that you're teaching us. I pray that we set the goals that you, you want in our lives and in the order and time that you want them. <clears throat> Help us to work with you, Lord, to do all that we can to be all that you created us to be. We love you. Please be with us always. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You make it's 5.53. What time should we be back?